Holly G with the Golf Insiders. What a difference a day makes on the PGA Tour, especially on Sunday at the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yes, he is banked that check for $18 million. Call him Norwegian Wood. Call him the Iceman. Cometh Victor Hovland winning all the moolah on Sunday. And, uh, wow, uh, I think we've got a world number one in the making. And to break it all down, yes, he was there. Bob Herrig from SI.com. Hello, how are you? Wondering if Victor's going to have to use that Chipotle gold card of his anymore, Bob. <laughs> what do you think? That gold means a whole different thing now. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I tried to figure it out. It was like, I wondered if it would look better to him if he looked at that total in in Norwegian, uh, what's their, their crone, Norwegian, Norwegian crone, which is like 192 million crone. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, it looks like, it looks like a crone, one crone is nine cents. So, you know, obviously $18 million is going to be a lot of crone. So, um, it's pretty wild. He, he uh, started with a six-shot lead for the final round, the same margin, the same course that uh, Scotty Scheffler blew in seven holes last year, but Victor just had the blinders on. Imagine being Xander Shoffley closing with a 62, and he never got within three shots. I mean, I think they need to bring back that slogan, these guys are good. Yeah, this is sort of the, I guess, the fallout of the of the format. You know, it's um, if if you'd have played seventy two holes, it would have just been those two guys tied, and um, you know, of course, they would have had a big lead over everybody else because I think five or six shots over the rest of the field. Um, and, you know, we've been back and forth about this now. This is the fifth year they've done it this way. Um, and, you know, I feel a little for Shoffley. This is this is the third time he's, he's tied or had the lowest 72-hole score at the Tour Championship. And one time he was given a trophy for winning the Tour Championship in the old format. Justin Thomas was the FedEx champ in 17. And then twice since, in 2000 and 2003, he's shot the lowest score. And it doesn't mean anything other than world ranking points. He doesn't get a w credit for a win or, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, I still am, There's you know, still some flaws. Better, if this is better than the old way of trying to, like, be following along the last day and, and doing the points, which no player is going to be able to work out while they're playing. Obviously, the scores are so much easier for that. But, you know, again, to not have a trophy for the for the winner of the tournament. I mean, NASCAR has two winners. You know, they do they do a season-long points thing at their last race. Yeah, true. Um, so, I don't know. I You know, obviously, FedEx doesn't want two winners. The best example is Tiger in 18 when he won the Tour Championship. 
Justin Rose won the FedEx. The FedEx got no attention for obvious reasons. You know, it was Tiger's 80th win, his first since all the surgery and everything. Um, they had already made the decision to make the switch before that, so it wasn't based on that, but they had the best example right there yes. of why they were doing it. Um, but, you know, I still say, you know, play the Tour Championship, hold the points over all the way through. You know, do, have, come up with a system where you have a one-day thing for the FedEx. They say, well, it's too random. Well, not really. Not if you... Not if you give a spot to the guy. Let's say the regular season points earner is automatic into the. Let's say let's say you did this Wednesday to Sunday. The, 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 after after three weeks of this, these guys don't need another day of practice. You know, so start off Wednesday. Totally agree. Two, two holes, end it Sunday. Give the you know the the winner of the Tour Championship a spot in the in the next day FedEx finals, you know, if he didn't already have one, give the overall points leader at that point a spot. Give the person who um, had the overall points lead at the, at the start of the playoffs a spot. And if you want, give, give a spot to all the major winners, you know, at that point. So that, that would be at most seven guys right there. You know, and it might be less, and then you take the you take the you know you take an eighth spot based on based on the points, and you could you could still keep some sort of seeding based on their overall points. So a guy like Scheffler is still rewarded, you know, and then just do it from there. Do have a one day thing where you where you do a strokes altered format, and that would be funky too. But at least you know the guy who's eighth. Um, I believe I believe the eighth place guy uh, got like 1.5 million. So you're getting at least that, you know, for getting to this thing extra. I like it. And and you know Morikawa, which which is interesting, he started the tournament at minus one, and he shot 61, and on Thursday. Was so he was nine back of Scheffler, who shot seventy-one, and actually, so he actually was one shot ahead of Scheffler. So, like, there is the scenario where you could start that far back and still win it. It's going to be a lot harder, you know. But anyway, you know, there's other things been thrown around. I've seen match play. I don't think match play is the answer. TV doesn't like match play. You'd need all of those guys in there. Yeah, you you want the, you want it to feel like a shootout, and and the other thing that uh, raised some conversation was Rory's potential back injury, and you know if he had withdrawn, then you know he slides to thirtieth or however that would work out. So that raised some more questions. Yeah, I mean this is this is the way I saw where people you know Rom fell to eighteenth. He started the playoffs number one, okay, and and there's, but like, what's the point of the playoffs if there can't be any change? I mean, you can't have it both ways. You know, the European Tour, DP World Tour sort of does. You know, they go in with a point system, and it's just a continuation for their last event. They have a winner of the tournament, and then they have a winner of the overall race to Dubai. But if you're going to have, quote, playoffs... You know, and Rory actually brought it up on Sunday. He said, 
you know, look, if a basketball team wins 82 games but loses in the loses in the first round, you know, they lost in the first round. The, the best – there's a more recent example in sports. The Boston Bruins by far had the best record in the NHL this past season. They won what's called the President's Trophy. Yes. Having the most points. Yes. And they lost in the first round of the Florida Panthers. They didn't even make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost – they, they needed to win. They would have needed to win three series to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, and didn't even win one. So should ever, you know, you know, we accept that in our playoff system that 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 can happen. You know, if you don't want that, then you've got to. The tour tries to to make it so that the the Boston Bruins don't get beat in the first round, but and that they make it to the Stanley Cup Final. But then, you know. The way it's set up is you can really fall off the cliff if you still don't have a good tournament at the end. Ron went in fourth and finished 18th, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know how you fix that because otherwise how is the last tournament compelling? I think maybe the way you fix it is you you don't reset anything at the Tour Championship. You leave the points as they are. And so that way at the end of the Tour Championship – the points are going to still fall down the way they were. If you were, you know, you, if you were 30th, you know, you're you're going to have to really do a lot to move up. You just maybe leave, maybe make the instead of 2,000 points of the winner, make it 2,500, make it a little bit more. That that pretty much though assures that it's it's going to be somewhat what you had because you're you're not going to change the points. You're not going to you're not going to make it so that a guy can be caught so easily. Like, you know, Scheffler and Rom had a lot of points. They had big leads that were pretty much wiped out. You know, they were just given these strokes differences. So right. if you did that and then did what I said earlier, which is have some formula to get six or eight guys to the Sunday, then the FedEx points standings remain as they are, but you, you crown a FedEx Cup champion based on that one day. I think it would be compelling. If they if they work out all the details that I'm you know that I'm missing here, are you listening, Jay Monahan? <laughs> we got the answers right here. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not sure that the tour wants to change it that much, and I don't know that the players would either. You know, yeah. I mean, um, the bottom line is is that you know, the, and the other thing is is I think there's the way the money is distributed at the end. I mean, it's a huge difference. Yes. You know, and. Maybe they should rethink that, you know, because you're not really giving a bonus to the season-long champion when so much can happen in the last event, you know. So um, I don't know. I, I think it can be better. I think the fact that we talk about probably they like and, um, you know, I understand why they went this way. And I, and I always reiterate, at the end of the year, we have three compelling tournaments with really strong fields that we never used to have. You know, 15 years ago, before the FedEx Cup, it was a long slog from the PGA until the Tour Championship, which most of the players didn't even care about. You know, and so um, it was, you know, 10 weeks, 8 weeks of tournaments that really didn't have a whole lot of meaning. And so, especially going to get up, up against football. So, now we've got it over with, football starting. We've got a new fall system that allows guys to still improve their position. But, you know, it, they, it's, it's not like 
it's going to impact anything next season, which was always a problem as well. Well, we'll we'll get into the fall season in just a minute, but speaking of compelling, Victor Hovland, what he has done to turn his game around since we saw him, Bob, at Tigers Tournament in this last December in the Bahamas when he beat 19 of the best in Tigers Heroes uh, Challenge, and then going on this complete rehabbing of his entire game, um, it's it's been fascinating, including his becoming just one of the best scramblers. And this was after, as we all remember, uh, I believe it was in Puerto Rico, after he duffed a few of his pitches in the final round, and he said, I just suck at chipping. (laughs) I mean, he was, what, 191st out of 193 players last year? Um, You know, it's, it's really remarkable what he's done with his short game and his whole game, and my question is, I mean, I think we're looking, obviously, at a guy that's going to ascend to world number one, but I actually heard someone, I don't know if it was Bramble or somebody at the desk on Sunday after the finish, saying, you know, he's got the complete game at this point, which reminded him of another player named Tiger Woods. Yeah, listen, I don't know that he has the same firepower as Tiger, but he certainly drives it plenty far. He drives it probably straighter than Tiger. His iron play is really good, which is why you can compare him to Tiger. Um, And now his short game has come around. It's still not great, but it's not awful. You know, and he was... You know, through last year, he was giving up, like, by the strokes gained metrics, like a quarter of a shot per round to the field on average. So about two strokes, no, about a stroke a tournament, a little over a stroke a tournament. But, I mean, the elite players are in the plus category. So you're probably two strokes behind a tournament to a guy who's winning. And, you know, that's hard to overcome. Uh, you know, you've, you, you really don't want to be negative in, in, in that stat. I mean, it, it, you know, Scheffler has been negative in putting, and it's why it's cost him wins this year. Um, and for Victor, that stat was costing him because he was so good in all the other areas. And, you know, it just means that you've got to hit so many greens and make so many putts to overcome it. If you miss a green once in a while, that was the beauty of Tiger. You know, Tiger took 73s and turned them into 68 all the time. You know, he'd miss a green and get it up and down for pars that didn't look possible. He'd Sometimes he'd chip in. Um, you know, he'd get it up and down on par fives and, 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 and took, you know, a so-so round and made it, made it decent or at least sometimes made it great or at least made it decent so that he didn't get too far behind. If you're giving up that kind of ground around the greens, let's say you're only hitting 12 greens, which is normal. You know, that happens. Well, you know, if you're only getting it up and down, uh, you know, twice out of those remaining six that you missed, that's, that's not going to be competitive enough. So, 
Victor went to work on that, and look, he's only 25. I mean, it's just amazing, you know, like how good, how solid he is, how mature he is, how he looks at things, and um, it's just a great boost here these last couple of weeks for him, and should give him a lot of confidence going into next year. Yeah, his former college coach, Oklahoma State, Alan Bratton, said, quote, Victor is very cerebral, and he has strong conviction, but is still coachable. I mean, those are uh, really, really good ingredients in the recipe, if you will. Right. It sounds like he's not stubborn. You know, in other words, he's got, he's got strong beliefs, but he's willing to listen. You know, and um, obviously he's had to... He's had to make some changes uh, to adapt, and, and you know, to get not to get too in the weeds about it, but the entire motor skills associated with his long game were were difficult for him on his short game. It, it made it harder for him to chip and pitch properly, and he had to make some adjustments there. And I'm sure that wasn't easy on his brain, you know. But he did it, and. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a rough moment there on Sunday where maybe some of the old stuff came back. And he, you know, I believe it was the 14th hole where he had a fairly simple pitch from about 100 yards. And he, or excuse me, 100 feet. And he only hit it 80 feet. Yeah, he you know, fluffed it. He himself like a 25-foot par putt that if he missed it, was the lead was going to be down to two. But he made the putt. You know, that's... That's a you know a huge that was a huge make right there and I, I mean you can't expect to always do that but you know I think there were enough instances during the tournament where his short game really helped him that that was an aberration but it just does show you know uh, look you could he could have hit a great chip to five feet which we would think is great and still miss the putt you know so it's it's not it's not like like it's it's an automatic. But obviously, a player of that caliber with no nothing in the way from a hundred feet expects it expects to give himself a makeable par putt. He the fact that he made that was a huge bonus. Yeah, it certainly was. And in the end, he was first in ball striking, fourth in putting, fifth in approach, and eleventh in scrambling. Really was uh, something to watch on Sunday. So the other big breaking news, Bob, yesterday, Zach Johnson, Captain Zach Johnson, made his six picks to round out the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Overall, your thoughts and uh, who got uh, left out? Well, I don't really feel like anybody got left out. I mean, I was sort of pushing in my mind, I thought Keegan... Bradley had a good chance. I wouldn't have been, you know, I, I would have thought that was great if he made it. Um, but the problem or the issue I think here is that other than Brooks and maybe Morikawa, I don't know that any of the others had this most solid rock hard argument that they should be picked. Like, it, it just, there was just, everybody had some sort of flaw or thing you could poke a hole in. And that's the whole reason for having the picks. You know, Cam, Cam Young's not been a great putter. He's not one on tour. You know, his closest call recently was the Open where the greens are slower. You know, the U.S. has enough punting problems at the Ryder Cup. 
you know, and you, you could probably extrapolate that a bit to Keegan. You know, the thing that's held him back a lot is putting. Now, he's putting way better than he did before. Um, he's, you know, he's won, he won twice in this season. One of them was last fall. Um, but, you know, I, I'm just not sure that he hits you over the head with why he had to be on there. Um, and you could say that for any of them, for the guys who made it, for Ricky, for Look, uh, Jordan hasn't won this year. Ricky, Ricky won once, but but you know, uh, since his victory, is he's not been as as solid as he was leading up to that win. And um, then, of course, JT. Know, right, and JT is going to be the biggest controversial one of them all. And I think the fact that so few players stood out to make it obvious made it easier to pick him. Um, and look. The whole reason for having picks, if, if you wanted to just go off the list, then go off the list. You know, as it was, Zach picked numbers 7 and 8, and he picked 10. He didn't pick 9, which was, but I mean, if you're going to just go off the list, then what's the point of having captain's picks? The, po- the point is to now work out um, pairings, matchups, team fit. You know, for years and years, the U.S. has been accused of not being a team. It's all individuals. Great players, but they can't play as a team. Now, it seems they're trying to mold a team. They're asking for input from the players who make the team. Who do you want to play with? Who would work well with you? The assistant captains run the numbers. They have, you know, they have analytics guys uh, talking about stats and pertaining them to the course. And they, they bring all of that into play, and that's how they came to some of these conclusions. And I think you have to give them that. I mean, uh, JT's controversial because he had a bad year, but he's had a great Ryder Cup record. Stroke play is not match play. Uh, he's considered a team leader, fiery. He gets under your skin. You kind of need that. And, oh, by the way, it's still a month away. He might find his game by then. And it's 18-hole match play, not, you know, 72-hole stroke play. It's not like he's been that awful all the time. I mean, you know, he did finish 12th at the Wyndham. If he finishes 11th or 10th, he's in the playoffs. You know, yes, he had a bad he had a bad British Open, but he, he, he shot, I believe he shot 81 the first day and came back and shot 70 the next day. You know, it's not like he was shooting, like, these high scores all the time. Um, granted, I... If they'd have left him off, I would have been okay with that, though, too, based on his year. Perfectly logical. But, but obviously, Zach sees something. He's got a good partnership with Spieth. That's, that's, that's one, at least two matches you can plug in. They're probably a, a pretty good bet, those two, for best ball. For Absolutely. Ball. You know, and maybe even one more, depending. And so, like, I think still plugging in those holes is important. You want to, you don't want to show up over there and not know what you're doing. You need to practice these these uh, these formats with the guys who are going to play together in them. And 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 I think I wouldn't be surprised right now if Zach has his first day morning lineup or even his first day lineup. You know, and and maybe he's open to some ideas based on they're going to they're going to Marco. Uh, Simone, Simone yep. um, in, in a couple of weeks, like for a few days, and I, I could see, you know, maybe some things, you know, they're going to experiment, which is what you should do. 
So I'm not, I don't have any issue with the picks. I think, you know, the issue is, is you wish that there were more U.S. guys that were really, really playing solid and made that decision like a no-brainer. You know, I mean, if, you know, if, 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 if Cam Young had been lighting it up all year and, and did great in the match play or, you know, had a, had a really good, you know, President's Cup last year. I mean, that was the thing about Burns, why I, I thought he might not get picked. Him and Schessler were partners at the, at the President's Cup last year, and they didn't win a match. I think they, I think they went one and, you know, one, two, and, and I don't know if they played all four. I think they played three. They might have gone like one and two or something, or oh, two and one, I think it was. So, you know, but obviously Scheffler had some input. Burns is a good buddy of his. And he, he, and he won the partner. WGC, so that's going to get your attention in terms sure, of he team. Won. He did win match play. I mean, that's, a, you know, that does, I think that has some bearing. You know, I don't think, it's, it's certainly a, a point in your favor. So your fellow writer... John Hawkins said, it looks like one of the weakest U.S. Ryder Cup teams ever. Not, not looking good, Bob. And, oh, by the way, how would you like to be Luke Donald with Hovland, Rahm, and McElroy as the core for Team Europe? Well, listen, I think 2006 U.S. Ryder Cup team would like to have a word there with uh, with Hawk. <laughs> um, that that was a team that that really was ended up being poor. I, I you know I I think what he's saying there is you've got guys that made the team who really nobody saw coming mm-hmm. in Wind, Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon. Sure. And and so you know that that gave you an inexperience factor that I think Zach was trying to overcome with his picks. Those two guys at Homa who made the team have never played in the Ryder Cup before. Burns is the, the other one who has it. means you've got eight guys who have played in it. I think having played in an overseas Ryder Cup is important. You need to understand the atmosphere. Jo- and so, Jordan you know, spoke a lot about that yesterday in the press conference. He did. I mean, so Jordan, and, and that's why I thought Finau still had a chance is he played in Paris. It's why I thought Dustin Johnson might have gotten a stronger look. You know, I mean, yeah, they lost and they got beat, but they get it. They understand. Yes. You know, the, the lineup doesn't matter. Or the, you know, the, the, the world rankings don't matter at the Ryder Cup. You know, the, 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 the Europeans, I think, are going to have to ride some of those guys for all, all the matches. But they always have some of these young guys that you've never heard of step up and do well. You know, and yeah, you've got Rory and Rob and Hovland and uh, Justin Rose and Fitzpatrick, who's 0-5 in the Ryder Cup, by the way, um, and uh, Terrell Hatton and, and Shane Lowry, who also didn't make the playoffs. So that's kind of your, what, your five or six, seven core guys? Tommy Fleetwood. You know, to- Tommy Fleetwood, another solid one, right? Fleetwood is very solid. So... You know, but you don't, beyond that, you know, there's not much depth. So I think the U.S. has more depth. Um, and I don't think the team is as weak as John makes it out to be. But I think when you, there's just unknowns with Harmon and Clark. You know, they've never played in either competition. 
Um, the U.S. has done a good job of getting guys' feet wet at the President's Cup. Neither guy's done that. So, you know, but again, like, I, I think Harmon might set up really nicely for that course over there. It's believed to be narrow, you know, going to be a lot of rough. He hits it straight. Wyndham Clark's a good par- putter. U.S. has had bad putters before. I mean, yeah, they're going to be nervous, but, you know, they're going over there early. Hopefully they can figure, get, get acclimated, figure it out. And, look, let's be honest, there's a lot of pressure winning the U.S. Open and the British Open. So, you know, they've, they've dealt with pressure. Parman certainly dealt with, you know, negative crowd reaction at Royal Liverpool. So, you know, I think, I think you know, maybe those guys will surprise us. I, I don't think they're necessarily a detriment that, that, that's been thought of here because we never saw them coming. And they've got a bulldog a gritty bulldog in their team captain in Zach Johnson. And uh, not only are they good friends, which comes as no surprise, but uh, I think Brian Harmon is a a younger Zach Johnson in a lot of ways. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, uh, there's there's something to be said for hitting fairways, and, and, and he's not the longest hitter, although he's not short. But you know, if you're in match play, if you're playing into a green first, you can put a lot of pressure on on your opponent. I mean, again, I think the the format is is being forgotten here. Stroke play is a different animal than match play. It evens things out. You know, it it, it can help you overcome some weaknesses. In other in other words, in in JT's case, you know, if he's playing in best ball, he doesn't have to be perfect for for all of the shots through 18 holes. He's got a partner to help him out, you know, and I think that's what, you know, one of the reasons why they, they picked him because they know he's still a supreme ball striker. Uh, you know, he hasn't lost that. He's still ranked in the top 30 in the world. You know, it's not like he's completely fallen off the earth. You know, I think in 2010, Tiger, who had not done anything all year, really, was had really fallen off. He had switched coaches and... You know, he had two good finishes, the Masters and the, and, the, and the U.S. Open that year. And other than that, you know, not great. Um, uh, you know, he, he, he made it. I think he, he barely made it into the playoffs. He didn't get to the Tour Championship that year. And he was a pick. He was a pick of Corey Pavin. And, and Tiger had a good record that week. I believe he went 3-1. and one. You know, it's who, who knows? Just because your form has been poor doesn't mean it's going to be. And um, Well, uh, we, we know, and the one guy we haven't talked about, which probably has the best resume, uh, especially when it comes to the majors, and that's Brooks. We know he loves the big stages. Uh, just recently had a baby. Probably a few sleepless nights for Brooks, but uh, I don't think uh, that'll bother him too much. Some scuttlebutt out there in terms of how well-liked Brooks is, but it sounds to me like the guys wanted him big time. I think they did. I mean, and I think they recognize, you know, put the any differences aside. Um, I think they recognize... Uh, um, his you tenacity know. and his talent. Let's face yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, he steps up in the in the big uh, in the big events, you know, and um, uh, you know, I think that look, it, it would have been it would have been 
huge controversy if he didn't get picked. It, it wouldn't have been worth it, frankly. Um, you know, he's eligible. He's done what he's done. If he'd have played more qualifying events, which wasn't possible due to his situation, he would have easily made this team based on what he did this year in the majors. I think you have to have him on there. And, uh, you know, he can be a good partner to several guys, I think. So who would um, you who would you team him up with? You know, I mean, you know, I it's I could see him going with Morikawa. Mm. Um, Morikawa's big horse in two, 2021 was DJ. You know, so maybe you go to Brooks with him. Um, you know, uh, I think those two guys together are pretty formidable, and especially when you've got Cantley and Shoffley as a as a pretty solid team that we know of. And you've got uh, Spieth and Thomas, and you've got Scheffler and, uh, and, and Sam Burns. Sam Burns. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that could be your first day morning lineup right there. And then you figure out who needs to sit, you know, and who's who's not going to play them all, and you work in the other guys. I mean, Homa's played very nicely of late. Um, you know, obviously, I, I, we're just leaving we're leaving out. Uh, the two major winners in uh, uh, Harmon and, and Clark, and and then um, and then I'm trying to think who's my who else am I missing there? Uh, Ricky Fowler. Ricky. I mean, you know, look, that's there's there's a lot of opportunities, there are a lot of choices, and and my sense is is Zach and his assistants have thought all this through already when they made these picks. No doubt, like they had. It's not like they're just, oh, well, who are we going to put guys together with now? No, they know. Yeah. You know, we might not know, but they know. Right. Absolutely. Well, the 44th Ryder Cup matches will be held Friday, September 29th through October 1st. Yes, there's more golf to come, ladies and gentlemen, and nothing more fun than these match play events it's going to be held at Marco Simone Golf and Country Club in Italy, near Rome. It's going to be uh, super exciting. The fall schedule does start next week. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, so appreciate your time. Can't wait for the Ryder Cup. And, uh, uh, hey, it's, it's, it's almost time for uh, us to start talking about the Bills and the Bucks. <laughs> exactly. Very good. All right, thanks so much. Bob Herrick, SI.com. We appreciate your time as always.